You are listening to Behind the Mask with Diva with Depression. Hey guys, welcome to the first edition of Behind the Mask with Diva with Depression. I am, yep, you guessed it, the Diva with Depression. I am so honored that you have taken the time to listen to me. This was a big undertaking, (laughs) sort of. Um, I wasn't sure if I can, I would be able to pull it off um, with, you know, being courageous enough. I, I think that's the word to go through with it. But with the love and support of so many family, friends, and people in the mental health community, I decided to give it a try. And I hope that along the way, this is helpful. I hope it brings comfort. I hope it brings resources. And I hope it brings a sense of camaraderie to so many people that are living with mental illnesses around the world. I won't bore you with my whole story, at least not tonight. We have lots of time to get into all of the different things that I would love to share with you. But I will give you a glimpse into my pain and purse. Depression has been a part of the majority of my life. I've lived with it since I was young, probably. I've gone through different phases of it, different stages, but I knew that it was always lurking somewhere. I didn't always know that my gloomy cloud or that my gloomy moods or my sadness had a name. One minute I would be smiling and the next minute I literally would be broken down into tears. And I didn't know why. I never had an explanation as to I was often called moody, I was called sensitive. One of the running themes and names was dramatic. Um, and I understand to some extent because no one had any idea what was going through my mind. They had no idea what was making my mood swing so quickly and so fiercely. And so, you know, when people don't know what they're dealing with or they don't understand what they're dealing with um, they sort of I don't know give it their own name <laughs> um, they don't know how to handle it and so they just you know throw what they can at it so to speak and it was easier to give me uh, those names and those descriptions rather than try to understand why I was the way I was. And so with that um, lack of support, I just continued to go along with life. And uh, there were days that I could be on top of the world and I could handle what was being thrown at me. And then there were some days where I just couldn't. But those days that I couldn't, I didn't have anybody to share it with because I didn't think that anyone understood. I didn't think that anyone cared. 
I just, I didn't know what it was. Um, and so, I don't know, at a young age, when you're, when you're young, you are sort of bound by what your parents or your family members uh, tell you to do or how they, what they tell you is the way to re react to situations. And so, <laughs> you know, um, not get, having something done your way or not succeeding at something, you're not always told that being emotional about it is okay. You know, you're made to feel weak if you're emotional. Um, when you become a teenager, most people believe that your attitude is due to teenage angst. You know, teenagers are always moody. Teenagers are always fickle, uh, wishy-washy. You know, those are the things that we think about teenagers. Uh, when you're a teenage girl, of course you're being dramatic. You know, there's just no other way. You know, you had a bad hair day or your lip gloss didn't look good or the cute boy didn't talk to you. You know, everyone just chalks those things up to teenage angst and in most cases I'm not going to say most cases but in a lot of cases that that is just not the way it is um, there are some people that can handle you know a bad hair day and slap a button and move on and there are some people that can't handle that bad hair day because they weren't taught how to handle that bad hair day or they're suffering from a mental disorder that is behind them not being able to handle a bad hair day. So we have to start taking time to listen to people and reacting accordingly because we can't throw a blanket name on their emotions. We can't throw a blanket description on how they're handling things. Everyone has a right to their feelings everybody has a reason why they're feeling that way and we need to start listening to people at a very young age because we just never know what's really going on in the back of their mind okay that's that's the end of that rant for now <laughs> my spiral in depression into depression hell began in 2005 it was the beginning of a darkness that is I just can't describe it because um, with all of the struggles that I have had up until that time, I think I maybe had one or two incidents where I felt completely helpless or I felt like I wasn't going to survive. And in 2005, I just didn't think that I would make it. Um, the, the spiral that was happening was something that I never could put a name to. I could never put a voice to it because at the time I was a mom to young children. I was a partner. I was a corporate exec. Um, I was the PTA mom. I was the Girl Scout leader. I was the social butterfly, um, the friend that everyone goes to. 
So me giving a voice to these feelings would have been, number one, very embarrassing to me. I was very ashamed that I was in this space. And number two, it would have sort of made me, make me feel like I didn't have it all together. And, you know, when you become um, a wife, a mother, you know, uh, a worker, we're sort of given this superhero title that uh, <laughs> we can handle it all, which is such bullshit. But, you know, that that's another episode. Um, so when this darkness started to overtake me, I realized that, number one, I had to find a name for it quickly. Number two, I had to find a way to, to deal with it. Um, I call depression my monster. Um, it, it doesn't have a name yet, <laughs> um, even after all these years. Um, but the, the monster was quickly taking over my body and I needed help quickly. So I went to my primary care physician and thank goodness she was a primary care physician that didn't care about the 15 minute time rule. She would sit and she would listen to what I was saying. And her first uh, way to deal with it, once she found out where I worked, <laughs> that's a long story, <laughs> um, she said, I'm signing you out for a month. Um, take that time to try to, you know, decompress and, and get yourself together. Spend time with your kids um, and just don't worry about the stresses of corporate America. So I took that month off. I went back. No improvement. Um, then it was vertigo because I had started getting dizzy. I had started losing my way while driving to work, which is, you know, a trip that I took every day for four years, I started to not be able to remember things. So there was the vertigo diagnosis. There was the um, early onset of dementia, you know, which was surprising. Um, but, you know, in all fairness to physicians, they don't know what they're dealing with. And so when they hear you come in with all of these symptoms, they just try to work hard to either identify or eliminate. And I think at this point, she was just trying to eliminate what it could be. And to also try to keep me, um, out, not to be too scared, not to be afraid of what she actually knew. I believe she actually knew from the beginning where I was headed. Um, and so then she finally uh, told me that she was going to put me on a depression medication. She told me that she was going to send me to a psychologist and have that psychologist recommend a psychiatrist and that I needed to start having regular sessions um, because I was indeed spiraling. It, um, it was at this time that, that I was sort of outside of my body. So I didn't see that I wasn't combing my hair. I didn't see that I wasn't 
caring about my appearance. I didn't see that my mood swings were just wicked. Um, my children were actually the first ones to see that the change was coming, becoming more pronounced. Um, if that's understandable. I wish that I could tell you that there's a happy ending, <laughs> but um, no, we're we're uh, what 15 years out, and that happy happy ending hasn't shown up yet. I'm still waiting for Prince Charming with the perfect diagnosis. <laughs> um, I had the first of many hospitalizations in 2006. And I can't even begin to tell you the shame and the embarrassment and the heartbreak that followed. It was, um, it broke me. I don't know if the actual illness broke me or the shame that, that I was sitting in a mental ward um, just took me where I, I don't think that I, I, I'll ever go back. <laughs> again, I'll never be the same again. Um, it was one thing when I was going to intensive outpatient programs for half a day or, you know, going to therapy every week, but to be sitting in a mental ward with all of my freedoms stripped or restricted um, with other people that I thought were, um, they they were sick. I wasn't sick. I just was having some bad days. <laughs> you know, you don't ever see yourself as part of that population, um, especially as a black woman. So, you know, the, the pain was tremendous. The physical pain was tremendous. The mental pain was tremendous. And it, it was just, it was surreal. That, that's the word that I can um, use to describe it. It was surreal. So, guys, I have stories to tell. Um, you, you know, I I have, uh, what do they say, you know, in sports? I have skin in the game. I, I've got lots of skin in the game. And, you know, I'm a fluffy woman, so there's lots of skin to go around. <laughs> um, so, you know, these stories, my struggles, um, I always say the good, the bad, and the worst. Those are the things that brought me here today. I'm extremely passionate about mental health awareness for everyone. I will speak about resources, diagnoses, experiences, etc. There are so many people which I didn't know um, until my inbox started getting flooded that they had no idea. You know, people don't know their symptoms. Um, they don't know their name, the names of things. They don't know the causes of things. Um, and, and so it sort of leaves a lot of people untreated, you know, or mistreated. You know, you can go to the doctor and you're saying that you have headaches and they will immediately uh, send you for an MRI of your brain or give you migraine medicine but they'll never sit down and fully research the stressors in your life or the environmental causes of those headaches. So those are the things that I take the time to um, detail and sort of, you know, give 
give tips on what to tell the doctor if you're having um, multiple headaches, you know, for example. So I'm very passionate about that. Um, I'm super passionate about minority mental health. Um, I can only be me, and me is a black woman. <laughs> um, so my experiences are coming from that view as a black woman. That doesn't mean that um, I don't care about everybody. That just means that I'm speaking from my experiences and sharing my experiences with you. <clears throat> I will be screaming about generational shame, generational curses, generational pain, and the need for us to start acknowledging and healing our communities. Uh, you know, women get the superwoman title, um, and some of us in our black and brown communities take that title to the third and fourth and fifth powers, and it is damaging us. It has killed us, um, you know, because we were taught what goes on this house stays in this house. So we were never just we, we were never taught to divulge our feelings. We were never discussed, taught to um, sort of feel the pain, acknowledge it, and heal from it. Um, those were things that we just were not taught. And so I'm passionate about that because um, it's time for it to end, <laughs> number one. Number two, um, my family on both sides has a history, a long history of mental illness. And I've seen so many family members struggle from this secret ailment. Um, and I don't want that to continue to be the pattern my family. So I figure, you know, if, if I've got to be the loud mouth <laughs> and take the hits, why not? You know, um, it's worth it because it's time. It's time for us to talk about it. It's time for us to scream about it, actually. And I would hope that me taking the time to speak about it will encourage others to speak about it. Um, I've also spoken um, earlier about how the ages that I started experiencing these things. So when I'm talking about my teenage experiences, I hope that encourages uh, some teenage queens, princesses <laughs> to come forward and share their stories and share their feelings in hopes that by the time they get to be my age, they are healed, whole, and living their best life. And, and that's what I, that's what I pray for. Um, I am the mom of two girls. Well, not girls. <laughs> They're grown women, excuse me. And th that's my hope for them. That has been my hope for them since birth, is for them to be the best that they can be and the happiest that they can be. I don't, I don't, I've never concerned myself with their careers or their jobs or their spouses or their partner. I don't care about any of that. I want my girls to be happy, um, which is something that I'm not. And so that's, that encourages me to um, continue discussing this because I don't want it just for my babies. I want it for everybody's babies um, because I think that the world will be 
a better place if we're putting happy and wholesome adults out into the universe. <clears throat> I'm not a doctor. There are no fancy letters <laughs> behind my name. Um, I make sure to tell people that because I want you to know that if you are experiencing extreme, extreme depression or bipolar disorder uh, symptoms or schizophrenic symptoms, one of the many, um, some of the many mental illnesses, I encourage you to seek treatment immediately. Um, don't use my advice or my, <laughs> my rants and my tangents as the cure for what ails you. <laughs> as my grandma used to say, um, no, you, you need to get help right away. Um, yes, chatting with a girlfriend is good, but your girlfriend can't cure you. Um, nor does she, nor is she comfortable in a lot of cases being the psychologist. So um, I'm going to need you to get help immediately. And part of my platform is that I do seek out resources for people. So if you ever find yourself in a place where you can't um, do the research, you don't know how to begin the research, please feel free to reach out and um, I will do my best to help you. Um, I'm just someone who wants to use their pain to help others heal. Um, in 2012, I was new to New Jersey, and I was looking for a psych team. I was trying to find an African-American psychological team, and boy, oh boy, <laughs> that's like finding a train to the moon. Um, it was devastating to me, but it was enlightening because I knew that I knew then that it was time to start speaking out about the resources that were missing in some of our communities. So I decided to um, sort of start researching books, um, groups, support groups, and uh, the resources were few and far between. And then um, I would belong to a woman's group on Facebook, and one day the topic was mental illness and I just shared a snippet of what I was dealing with at that time and when I tell you that the response was unbelievable I mean the response on the page itself was unbelievable but the the messages to my inbox were heartbreaking for me because so many of us were struggling it was also enlightening because it showed that I wasn't alone you know, um, crying and screaming in my room at night. And so I sort of toyed with the idea of writing. I love writing, um, and, and that's the best way for me to express myself. Um, there was another Brooklyn sister in that group um, named Eileen, who is a phenomenal blogger and resource for the Latina community. Shameless plug, <laughs> mommyteaches.com. And, and uh, sidebar, I do that because she doesn't even know what she's done for me and what she means to me. And I've never met this sister a day in my life. Um, but she's always taken the time to help me further my platform. And, and I'm so appreciative to her. So every single time I get the time to shout her out, I do. Um, so she started me on the, my blogging journey and I just started to share my thoughts 
and my feelings and resources. So I grabbed my keyboard and I started documenting my document, my darkness, y'all. Um, <laughs> it was overwhelming at first, but, um, oof, you know, and when I first, when I received one of my first messages from a woman on, in Australia who wanted to share my story, that um, moved me to no end because it, it was just powerful to know that the world was struggling and that um, I could be a drop in the pond, <laughs> so to speak. Um, it was, it was, sorry for stuttering guys, sometimes I can't find my words, um, so bear with me. Um, but I was just completely overwhelmed by how many people were suffering and searching for a voice. Um, women who were carrying this superhero role, men who were always trying to be the man, um, all of them and all of us were squashing our feelings and dying our masks. Um, mom, dad, CEO, entrepreneur, coach, leader, whatever title we were using to hide our pain and sadness from the world, um, these are the things that we were taught, you know, keep going. Breaking down equals weakness. Emotions are for punks. No one was talking about it. Um, and so it needed to be said. <laughs> and I sort of was really, really disappointed in the resources and the, the readings and the teachings of people um, in our communities. Um, there were publications that were from 2003. Um, I think the latest one I found was from 2006. Um, it, it was it was devastating to me um, that, that more of us weren't speaking out. Um, what you can always find is uh, I came and I saw and I conquered stories. <laughs> um, you know, those are everywhere. You know, everybody talking about um, what happened to them and, and how they overcame it. But they don't document the process of overcoming it. They just want you to know that they overcame it and now they're the best people in the world. And that's not always the case. You know, what was missing is the I'm in this shit right now story. <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. The how the F am I supposed to survive while I'm living at rock bottom story. Um, and don't get me wrong, I don't discount anyone's story. I'm so inspired. I, just completely um, inspired by people that overcome this dreadful, 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 dark illness. But there are times when you want to hear from people that are in that darkness right here, right now. Um, you know the scene from Love Jones, <laughs> um, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, this here, this right now, you know, that's that's it. You know, people want to know what you're doing right here, right now, and how the hell are you surviving it. Um, so we need to discuss how these masks are killing us. We need to talk about the going through part of mental illness. 
So, this is what Behind the Mask is about, y'all. Um, it's not pretty. <laughs> it's There's going to be lots of pauses. There's going to be lots of tears. Um, I'm not a professional. <laughs> you know, I'm really just here just to share my where I'm at. You know, my, you know, how the hell am I supposed to get to this right now story? Um, because I'm not, like I said, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm not a therapist. I'm, I'm, I'm not anything. I'm not a professional anything. I am someone who struggles. I mean, fights every single day. Um, there are going to be days when I'm bringing you this broadcast from my bed because I can't make it to the next room to my office. <laughs> you know, there are going to be days when I'm coming to you with my hair sticking straight up in the air because touching my head is going to give me an anxiety attack. You know, these are the real struggles that I'm living with. And I know for a fact that so many are living with it at the same time that I am. So, um, one of, one of my taglines is I get you and I got you. Um, I get what you're going through and I got you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you down. <laughs> you know, as they say, um, if I have to use my voice to give you a voice, then that's cool. Um, I'm gonna say things that you can't say yet. Because I hope that by the time you get finished listening to me <laughs> rant, rave, and cuss, that you will find the courage to start to take baby steps towards disclosing how you really feel, how you really hurt. Um, we always have to be the voice for the voiceless. Um, not everybody is able to. Um, hell, I wasn't able to. A couple of years ago um, and there are still so many things like you guys would be you know after reading my blogs and reading my platforms you would be amazed that there are some so many things that I have not even shared yet um, because of fear or because of shame so um, I'm really there y'all I'm really really there with you in the trenches in the darkness and um, I just so want us to um, find the road to happiness. Um, and if we can't find our way out of the tunnel, I want to be able to find our way to survive while we're there. Um, and, and we're all in that tunnel together, so that means that we can have parties while we're there. <laughs> um, now, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> As you've already know, noticed, um, there's going to be some cussing. <laughs> I'm a lady with a potty mouth, but it's never offensive. You know, it, it, it's never meant to offend anyone. Um, number one, it's who I am. Um, it's the Brooklyn in me. <laughs> you know, I always say that a good F word has its place. Um, but um, it's really sometimes to just explain where you're at. Sometimes there's no um, thesaurus on how to... Um, use a, a word other than F <laughs> to discuss the pain that you're in. So, you know, please don't be offended. Uh, please come back. <laughs> you know, don't let me scare you away. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not somebody that you should be afraid of. Um, if anything, I'm going to encourage you along the way to say the F word. 
really, really loud. Like, listen to the what the F I'm feeling. Listen to what the F I'm saying. Look at how the F I look. You know, I'm going to encourage you to start saying those things because um, sometimes people don't listen until you say something that'll catch their attention. So, um, you know, you start small. <laughs> you know, you start saying it in the mirror, practicing it. Um, then you get the T-shirt. <laughs> um, and then, you you know, you practice on the first person. That's not listening to you. You know, tell them to shut the F up and listen to what the F you're saying. Because you're telling them how the F you really feel. You see? So that's what you can expect from me, guys. You know, um, it's, uh, it's dark. It's comical sometimes. Um, enlightening sometimes. Um, rambling sometimes. But it always comes from a good place. I, I want you to understand that. It always comes from a good place. I'm not, I'm not here to steer anyone in the wrong direction. Um, I am, uh, my love language is giving. Um, so this is my way of giving back to the community and um, trying to save those that are coming behind me, um, trying to save those that are standing next to me, um, and even try to save those that have, you know, come before me. You know, because sidebar, um, mental illness in the, the senior communities, oh, not senior, seasoned communities, that's, that's my term that I use all the time, is at an all-time high, especially in this pandemic era. So that's my hope. You know, I look forward to gathering with you every week. Um, we're going to shoot for every week, okay? <laughs> Um, I welcome feedback from you guys. I welcome suggestions. I welcome whatever you have to share with me, whatever you have to say. Um, we, I, I, I keep saying we, um, mainly because there are people behind me that help me. You know, I have the greatest big, big brother in the world um, who um, supports me beyond belief and who is helping me with this adventure. Um, so when I say we, sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes I'm including him because he's going to be the one doing the editing and listening. Um, but in, in the future, um, if this goes well, the first month, you know, we're going to bring more things your way. Uh, maybe some interviews, um, you know, some some events, you know, we, I don't know where this is going. Um, I really don't. I just know that God laid this on my heart. He laid it on my heart four years ago as far as the writing portion of it is concerned. And last year, he laid it on my heart to start speaking out even more. And so here we are. So bear with me. Um, I just welcome you. Uh, you are the reason for my season. You are the reason that I'm here. Um, and I hope that I am encourage you and uplift you as much as you do me. So buckle up, <laughs> get ready for some soul-stirring, gut-riching, and pretty candid discussions. Um, it's going to be a fun ride, really. Um, and if it, if it doesn't change but only one thing, I hope it changes that one person is encouraged to get help. 
So as I always say, I am the mother of depression. I am the daughter of depression. I am the sister of depression. I am depression. I thank you guys so much for listening. Please come back next week. Please come back next week (laughs) to go behind the mask with the diva with depression. Searching for more